and welcome to my hearth. Today's episode is rather special because it is the mystery of the notebook and I got quite excited because it is a sequence which has answered a question that I've wanted to know my whole life. It is unusual to have personal artefacts that have been in the family a very long while. And when I was a little boy, I was quite fascinated by the fact that we had a kind of exercise book that had obviously belonged to someone in the 19th century. Now, I've mentioned this in a post in my sister blog in Buy Me A Cup Of Coffee, which is connected to this particular podcast. The notebook has hard covers and those rather nice inside papers that are very illustrated. The pages of the notebook are blank rather than lined, but they are literally filled with the most beautiful copperplate writing, which are all to do with notes to do with mathematics. Mathematics is a bit like Marmite, isn't it? You either really like it or you really don't. And I have to say that I really like it. I've got a kind of mathematical brain. It's interesting that when I was doing my music degree, I found things like writing in the style of Bach or Palestrina, which is very mathematically based, really interesting. And for me, really easy. I didn't understand why some of my fellow students found it quite difficult, but for me, it came very easily. In fact, for my final exams, I had to write a fugue, a three-part fugue, in uh, E-flat, which would have been great had we not been placed in an exam room underneath the great clock at Nottingham University, which chimed every 15 minutes in a different key. However, that's a, a side issue for another time. The notebook was interesting because it had survived over quite a long period of time. I obviously started to know it when I was about five, I think, so that would have been 1960. But the notebook was signed, as it were, in 1848. This was the time of the student uprisings in Europe, and the owner of the book had done incredible drawings at the back of the book, and one of them was a group of soldiers, and it was signed 1848. The soldiers were dressed in a kind of Napoleonic uniform, and it was signed A.J. Harris. To be honest, I can't remember if I ever asked who A.J. Harris was, but even if I had, nobody seemed to know. The Harris family were well known for keeping anything which they thought might be useful in the future. I think it was a 19th century trait for people to do that, I suppose before the times when we had the internet or you could store things in an electronic fashion, the only thing you could do was to keep the paper copy. 
I know my mum went on about the fact that when my father died and we had to clear out his study, there was a wardrobe that was full of papers and we didn't know what they were. But actually, they were all the legal documents to do with the family, going back certainly to the beginning of the 19th century. They weren't particularly exciting. So I said to my mum, well, I think we'll just get rid of these. In a way, it would have been nice to keep them, but how do you keep a wardrobe full of papers? But that might explain why a notebook had been kept. There were beautiful watercolour sketches as well on a page, which were about travellers who were on a steamboat on the River Rhine. And on the reverse, my sister had added one or two doodles of her own making, which I know she'd got into trouble for doing. So anyway, we now had some clues as to who might be the owner of the notebook. A connection to Germany in 1848. Someone who would have been the right age to have a, a notebook at that particular time. And I suppose someone who had artistic leanings. Maths and art seemed to be a common theme in the Harris family. You either had one or the other. Or, as in my case, both. My sister, who was one of the most beautiful artists that you could ever imagine, very, very delicate drawings and paintings and amazing pottery that she made, but she could not do maths. And that had an effect on what she wanted to do in later life, but we'll talk about her in another episode. Now, what had unlocked the possibility of finding out who the owner of the notebook was, was my taking an Ancestry DNA test. I did it because I wanted to find out whether I had Jewish ancestry, which it proved I obviously did, as I am 30% Jewish. And that answered the question, why my grandma, my paternal grandma, had been so obsessed with denying the fact that we were Jewish. Because looking at it, the Jewish element must have come into the family through her. There have been times when being Jewish was not a beneficial thing. And certainly in the 20th century, there are so many incidents of it being used against you that I can understand why she wanted to be a denier. However, as my mother used to say, that she always denied that they weren't Jewish, but she managed to live in an area, Stamford Hill in Tottenham, which was very, very Jewish. And all of her neighbours were Jewish. And they always asked whether my family were. However... The Ancestry DNA test then led to me being informed of lots of people who had DNA connections to me 
and I mean people I'd never heard of. At the time of recording, I have almost a thousand connections to me through the DNA test. Now, bearing in mind that that's only going as far as cousins, it just shows what a large family I come from. The DNA matches also allow you access to a lot of people's trees that they've worked on. And one of those trees had really traced back the Harris line many, many years, in fact, to the time of Henry VIII. The person didn't have my particular family line on it, but they did have Sylvanus Harris on it, and I knew that he was going to be a very useful person in trying to investigate the family, because it's such an unusual name. He is also the person which set up another question, which I'll try and answer in another episode, in the fact that he was born in Philadelphia, in America. So again, that opened up various other possibilities. Sylvanus had a lot of brothers and sisters, and so I looked at them to see if there was a German connection anywhere. And in fact, his brother, Malcolm, died in Munich. So there would be the German connection. There is no reason why the brothers or sisters shouldn't have visited him in Germany. I haven't been able to do further research into him at the moment, but there's the connection. But we've got to find someone who would be the right age to have a, a mathematical textbook. Now, some of the stuff in there is quite straightforward, but some of it is much more advanced, and also it's very specialised. Moreover, the drawings are quite subtle. So from my point of view, I was looking for someone who would have been at least a teenager at the time of the book. And I found the answer in the brother of Sylvanus and Malcolm. The brother that was slightly younger than Sylvanus and slightly older than Malcolm, and he was called Anthony Jasper Harris, A.J. Harris. So he matched the initials in the book. He was born in 1831, therefore he would have been 17 at the time of the book being created. He was born in Tottenham in 1831 and died in Hackney in 1900. However, he had had some time in Wales, and of course that sets up a whole other sequence of questions to ask. In the 1871 Welsh census, 
he is registered as being a commercial clerk. Doesn't say who he's working for, but it's quite unusual to be that sort of level. And in the 1881 census, he's listed as being a head cashier of a firm. Now, interestingly, in their household, they also had a domestic servant, so he must have been doing quite well. Now, my great-grandfather, Henry Campbell Harris, was Anthony Jasper Harris's nephew, and certainly there was a point where they were living in the same neighbourhood in London, and I'm wondering whether that is the time that the notebook came into our line of succession. To be honest, I don't know, and I've no way of finding out, unless something reveals itself. Anthony Jasper did have descendants, and it's from their family tree that I've gained this information. If you're interested in finding out about your own family, then I would recommend that you should at least have a go at seeing what's available to you on the Ancestry website. But it is endlessly fascinating. Anyway, more about the mystery of the Harrises next time.